hold on, wait a minute, hold on, what you doing? Because I know you ain't doing what I think you about to do. Because we ain't about to skip to the part where I'm actually talking about something. Because you're going to subscribe. Yeah, yeah, I'm being, yeah, you're going to subscribe, yeah. I'm bringing all that energy because I need you to need me to need you. Let that sink in. I know it may take you a while, so play it back, refresh it, listen to every word that I just said, but whatever. No, 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 not whatever. No, 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 because y'all going to do it because I'm getting tired because some of y'all trifling. Y'all be the same individuals be asking about when new episodes coming on and then yet wonder why you can't catch up to date to the stuff I'm dropping because you're not subscribed. You won't have to DM me. You won't have to ask me personally if you subscribe to the podcast, you know, it ain't hard. It's just like, you know, changing underwear. Hold on, hold on. I can't say that because some of y'all don't even do that. Huh? Nope, nope. Shut up, Brandon. Shut up and do your job. Okay, all right. I got you. Yeah, so just subscribe. Enjoy the show. Um, for my new listeners, welcome. I'm Brandon Alexander, and you are listening to The Issue Podcast. Enjoy. Okay, so just because your breath smell like ass does not give you the right to talk shit. How you doing? I'm your host, Brandon Alexander, and this episode you're listening to right now is brought to you in part by the National Eating Disorders Organization, or NETA to be exact, Feeding Hope for the Hopeless. If you want to contact information or if you're in the middle of a crisis, you can call them at 800-931-2237. That's 800-931-2237. They're available Monday through Thursday at 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And Friday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Hold on to that. Like diarrhea when you're in public. Hold on to it. Also, I have to remind you people that this episode, like I said before, is brought to you in part by the National Eating Disorder Organization. I don't know if I said it at the beginning part, so that's why I'm saying it again. Don't judge me. Just listen, learn, and have fun. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm switching up my laugh, y'all, because, you know, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Switching it up. But this is a two-part episode, people. Yeah, so um, this right here will be the first one, and then the second one will drop either the following week or the week after, most likely the following week. If you missed the show, you want to get in tune to it, you want to hear some more wacky and fun things that I do, all you have to do is follow us on Instagram. Simple. The Issue Podcast. I know half of you do follow, but you just don't be liking posts. But you are like... You know what? We ain't going to go there. We ain't going to be petty because we, 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 we're here to talk about stuff. And I'm getting off topic. Right. We're here to talk about stuff and we get off topic. Specifically, we're going to share a story of a young lady that I am, I was fortunate enough to talk with and she was shared her story. Um, also, I'm going to spit some facts to you guys, let you know more so about, you know, eating disorders and obesity. Okay. So we're about to start the show. Uh-huh. We about to start the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, y'all ain't know I was coming like this. Y'all ain't know I was coming like this, did y'all? Yeah. It's your boy Brandon on the beat. 
I do a little something, something from here and there. You know, I got a little, yeah, yeah. We about to start the show. 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 Oh, hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, It's the issue podcast. Hey, it's the issue podcast. They want me to spit the balls. I ain't going to get away. Get this stuff. They want me to spit. Listening, 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 hey man, say man, hey man, this your boy Brandon Alexander back at it again with another episode giving you some serious talks and some serious laughs too. Um, so right now I'm about to cut into an excerpt that I got from. A lady hitting on this topic, so um, just you know, listen, learn, and yeah, eat your little sandwich while you listen. We're gonna get fix your little sandwich. Yeah, put some some mayonnaise, some ketchup on it. Oh hey, put some hot sauce on it too. All right, here you go. <laughs> when most people think of eating disorders it seems like their mind immediately jumps to anorexia but no one brings up bulimia or binge eating i think as um, an individual who person personally i'm sorry um experienced um issues with binge eating and bulimia um it is overlooked a lot um especially when you're a kid parents think it's just you not wanting to eat what they cooked so you make yourself throw up um they think you're being picky as far as your food is concerned so you you know so you don't eat or they think you're being greedy and they see you overeating um, but they don't take the time to actually digest what's happening process it break it down and say hey there is something seriously going on um, with this person or with my child they kind of just like overlook it or you know assume you'll grow out of whatever it is that you're going through um, I remember being younger and we lived in um, a pretty intense household. It was pretty stressful. Um, we had some pretty good days, but a lot of the time it was kind of chaotic and toxic uh, for children. But um, I remember being um, home and just feeling scared or nervous all the time and at this time I didn't understand what anxiety was I never heard anyone actually use the term um, anxiety or anxiousness so I, I didn't even know what it was I couldn't correlate that with what I was feeling um, and I just remember like looking to food as like comfort or um, I would eat a lot because I could control what I ate. I would eat a lot, like like completely clear out the fridge, and then I would make myself throw up. 
and I felt like me being in control of that situation was better than nothing because I couldn't control what my mom and my dad was doing or what they had going on. I couldn't control what was going on at school um, with me being bullied. I couldn't control this um, underlying silver sibling rivalry I had with my sister. It's like everything was kind of spiraling out of control. But the one thing I could control was me eating and then me not eating. Um, and there were times where I would go periods without eating because I felt, for one, I didn't deserve food, or I felt like if I continued to eat like I did, I would get fat, I wouldn't be um, pretty or attractive, and I would grow up to be lonely and alone and miserable. Um, my mom would always tell me, like, you just stay pretty, you just keep a nice shape, you'll find a good man that way, um, to almost make it seem like I had nothing to offer otherwise. But back to the, uh, the binge eating, I would literally hide in my room and I would eat everything I could think of, um, like all the fruit and snacks and all, like everything my mom would buy us. Um, like I would just sit in my room and I would eat literally like eat everything to the point where I felt sick and then I would make myself throw up and it was like the minute I threw up I felt better like now as an adult looking back I know that that's how I cope with my anxiety and um, on some levels my depression because when I felt like I was just like in this deep hole and I was alone, I wouldn't eat. Like I wouldn't, I would go days, um, almost weeks at a time without eating because I felt like I just didn't deserve food. Um, so I, I think there's this huge, um, gap between parents and children when it comes to eating disorders and mental health and how children cope. Um, America has a large number of overweight children um, and a lot of it comes from the kids seeking comfort with food. Mm. Damn. She ain't lying. She ain't lying. She ain't lying. But, um, I want to thank Miss K Ford again for you know just sharing her story and just shedding light more, you know, circumspectively on her experience with eating disorders and just you know actually being a voice people can hear outside of me. Um, my nose sounds a little stuffy because it is somewhat. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Do 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 do. Ignore that. Um, that's just me being me. Um, okay, so yeah, so I wanted to give you guys some statistics and just, you know, shed light on the severity or just the realness of eating disorders in America. The information itself is coming from NETA, the National Eating Disorders Association which is one of the largest nonprofit organizations dedicated to supporting individuals and families affected by eating disorders. 
Yeah, so um, honestly, what's weird about it, though, for real, like, I never really knew binge eating was a thing. Like, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know it was a bad thing. I thought it was just like, you know, you, how you binge watch TV. I don't feel like binge watching or binging in general is bad. But, you know, it can be because it can affect your health. It can affect your mobility. It can affect your longevity in life. So, yeah, let's get into it and see what, you know, Netta's talking about. So in 2007, there was a study asked by over 9,000 English-speaking Americans on the variety of mental conditions, including eating disorders. The results were published in the Biological Psychiatry found that 3.5% of women and 2% of men had binge eating during their lives. This made binge eating more than three times than common than anorexia and bulimia combined. And it made binge eating more common than breast cancer, HIV, and schizophrenia. Damn. <laughs> but this is a 2007 study. Now, when we looked at two, uh, can you get tongue twisted, y'all? Can you tongue twisted? Bear with me. But um, 2010, in 2010, the researchers had a group of over 400 adolescent girls, and they followed them for eight years until they returned 20 years old. And they found that 5.2% of girls met the criteria of DMS5, X, um, anorexia, bulimia, or eating disorders. And when the researchers included a non-specific eating disorder symptom, a total of 13.2% of the girls had suffered from DSM-5 eating disorder by 20 so years of age. I'm trying to understand what DMS-5 is because I really don't even know what that is. Let me look that up real quick while I'm talking to you guys because I'm speaking it, but I don't know exactly what that is. DMS-5, DMS-5. So, web search. Oh, okay, so DMS-5 is a a, a diagnostic and a... Uh, why am I getting tongue twisted? Bear with me. <laughs> so, uh, DMS-5 is a diagnostic and a statistical... Manual of Mental Disorders, and it's an addition five. So that's what they meant when they said DMS-5. So a uh, diagnostic and a statistical manual of mental disorders, and it's the fifth edition of that. So they could have just said that because I was lost when I was telling y'all guys that. So my bad. But basically, like in 2010, what happened was they had 5.2% of girls who met the criteria for the statistic, and they had anorexia, bulimia, and binge eating disorders. And when it came to the researchers, they included nonspecific binge eating symptoms. So in actuality, the total really was like 13.2% of girls who suffered from eating disorders by the age of 20, which makes a whole lot more sense now that I read it back over. <laughs> yeah, so in 2012, they combined information from several sources, and they found that 0.2, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, 1.8, 1.9, 1.10, 1.11, 1.12, 1.13, 1.14, 1.15, 1.16, 1.17, 1.18, 1.
but we're really between 0.2 and 3.5% of females and 0.9 and 2% of males will develop binge eating disorders. And the binge eating disorders occurred like 1.6% in adolescent females. And then another research was developed, and this was in 2013, where researchers estimated 28.4% of people with current, e- with current eating disorders are receiving treatment for their eating disorders, while there are 43.6% of people with eating disorders at some point in their lives who will receive treatment. Often eating disorders begin to happen in the late teens or early 20s, Throughout, I mean, although it has been reported in both young children and older adults, approximately 40% of those with binge eating disorders are males. Damn, did not know that. And three out of 10 individuals are looking for weight loss treatments show signs of binge eating. And this was a study, again, that was done in 2013. So this is like just a small glimpse into like, the bigger picture, because this is just one sector of eating disorders, like binge eating. But there's like so many others, like bulimia. There's, you know, bullying with weight shaming. There's, um, oh, let's see, bullying with weight shaming. There's, you know, athletes and their starvation of food or their pervasion. Perva- I can't even say these words because they're so big. Well, basically how they put away food, you know, how they have to eat certain things, how they you have to eat a lot sometimes, that stuff. Um, and just other, you know, sectors like anorexia and all those good things. But you can really tap in if you can for me, if you're really interested in the, the talk or just the idea of the talk, like of eating disorders and obesity, just tap in with Netta. Like, no, seriously, man, like in the U.S. alone, 20 billion women and 10 billion men will suffer from an eating disorder at some point in their lives. Eating disorders are serious, but treatable. They are mental health and physical illnesses that can affect people all ages, all races, all genders, all religions, all ethnicities, all organizations, body shapes, sizes, all that stuff. So it's very real and it's very prevalent. But the fact is, eating disorders have the second highest mortality rate of all mental health disorders. And they surpass only by opioid addiction. Eating disorders are widely misunderstood illnesses. And like the supporting options are often inaccessible which as a result have too many people left feeling hopeless, helpless, and frightened. So through programs like NETA, they provide services like awareness, building communities of support and research, recovery, fund, funding researches, and putting vital resources into the hands of those who need the help the most. So check it out, man. If you need that help or if you want to be that help. I am your host, Brandon Alexander. Like I always say, it's been a pleasure. I had fun. Come and get you some. Some of what? Some more of this podcast. Yeah. You like how I did it like that? Yeah. 
Um, special thanks to Miss um, K Ford. And um, look out for part two, because part two, it will be on the way. I'm sorry for the delay in this episode, because it takes a lot to put these things together. And like I always say, love, peace, hair grease. I will see you on the next one, or at least you will hear me. I'm out.